0: join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at Forum.com.
1: Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug
2: Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today.
1: Well, the OPEC Plus meeting that had been scheduled for this weekend will not happen now until November 30th. Delegates cited tensions with Saudi Arabia over oil production levels and quotas in Africa. The Saudis have been cutting an additional one million barrels a day since July, and they want other OPEC members to cut more. We heard from Pierre Adoran with Adoran Capital Management.
0: I think the Saudis would want to see higher prices, um, but when you look at you know, current OPEC production or OPEC Plus production or exports, um, over the last month or two, they've been the same as the average of the last year. So despite all the announcements of cuts, uh, OPEC Plus as a group has not cut much production at all since last year.
1: Pierre Aderon of Aderon Capital. Crude oil, by the way, is down about 18% from its September peak, and as you heard earlier, WTI now about $76.75 a barrel.
2: He's back after intense pressure from investors. Sam Altman is returning a CEO of OpenAI. Bloomberg's Alex Webb tells us this is a win for Microsoft.
3: One of the reasons. Sam Walton was ousted, was concerned that he was prioritizing the commercial impulses of the company over what actually is his mandate, namely to improve, and this genuinely is the wording, it is to work for the benefit of all humanity. Um, now, Microsoft is almost certainly going to be getting greater oversight, greater sway at a board level over what happens at OpenAI. The company is therefore going to be run ever so slightly more in the interest of Microsoft, not necessarily in the interest of all humanity.
2: That is Bloomberg's Alex Webb. Now we are hearing that Altman has also agreed to an internal investigation at OpenAI. It will look into the conduct that led to his dismissal. OpenAI's board will also go through a serious overhaul. The initial board will be led by Brett Taylor, he is a former co-CEO at Salesforce. Other directors, Larry Summers, former U.S. Treasury Secretary, and Adam D'Angelo, an existing OpenAI board member who, interestingly, voted to
1: oust Altman. He will remain. Brian? And I have to say, I'm really curious what happens to Emmett Shear. It it hasn't been mentioned uh, in some of these stories. uh, And uh, we've got, I mention it now because I'll put that question to Mandeep Singh, who's coming up in a few moments, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Tech Industry Analyst. Mandeep, if you're listening, uh, tell me what happens to Emmett Shear now. All right, let's take a look at this one. American and Chinese officials are working to bring back more passenger air travel between the world's two largest economies. That story from Bloomberg. Briggs and Cates.
0: The two had what are being described as in-depth discussions on significantly increasing flights and enhancing the civil aviation sectors in both China and the U.S. Air China has already resumed its flights from Beijing to Washington, and increased service to Los Angeles will begin next week. Flights between the U.S. and China averaged 340 a week before COVID-19 lockdowns and were slow to return to normal after pandemic controls were lifted. In Washington, Ann Kate's Bloomberg Radio.
2: Chinese property developers Country Garden and Sino Ocean Group have been put on a list of 50 50 developers eligible to receive financial support from the government. Bloomberg's David Inglis has more from Hong Kong. We reported earlier this week that China is drafting a list to guide banks as they assist the property industry. Regulators are set to finalize the roster and distribute it to financial institutions within days. The so-called white list identifies firms that would get better access to loans, debt, and also equity financing. The inclusion of Country Garden and Sino Ocean indicates that regulators are shifting their stance toward private developers. Another builder that has missed debt payments, SIFI Holdings, is also said to be on the list. The scope of funding available and the long-term implications for creditors and shareholders remains unclear. In Hong Kong, I'm David Inglis, Bloomberg Radio.
1: And following on from that, China's parliament says that the country's banks should step up funding for property developers. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has the story from Hong Kong.
0: The National People's Congress said the banks need to do their part in reducing the risk of additional defaults. Lawmakers said it would ensure the completion of projects and that it would ease what they called panicked expectations of households. The call comes as regulators cite some 50 property developers who've been earmarked for a range of extra financing support. The comments by the NPC standing committee members add pressure on the PBOC to do more to support property. In Hong Kong, join Wong, Bloomberg Radio.
2: Alibaba founder Jack Ma is walking back plans to trim his stake in the company. This comes as Ma has not sold a single share in Alibaba. Now an internal memo from the company viewed by Bloomberg News indicated the stock price had not reached the level Ma was seeking. MOB's plans to sell 10 million shares on November 21st became public last week, vis-à-vis regulatory filing. But the disclosure, disclosure, I should say, coincided with the company announcing it scrapped plans to spin off its cloud business. Now, the combined effect of this news was a 22 billion dollar drop in the market value of Alibaba in a single
1: day. Time now for global news. A car explosion near Niagara Falls has closed the U.S.-Canada border crossings in some four places. Ed Baxter is covering that story and has the rest of the news from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed?
3: Yeah, exactly right, Brian. The explosion on one of four bridges in the area, this one the Rainbow Bridge, two people killed. Authorities are being very careful how they characterize it. Uh, Bloomberg's Ottawa Bureau Chief Laura Dillon-Kane is here.
0: It has not been confirmed to be an
3: act of terrorism. We don't really know the- the motive just yet, but um, it is being treated as though it was intentional, unless and, and proven otherwise. So, everybody is a, in a state of high alert, and the prime minister, you know, has described it as a very serious incident, one that he is coordinating closely with American authorities on. And this is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau.
1: There are four border crossings that are right now closed: Rainbow Bridge, Whirlpool Bridge, Queenston Bridge, and Peace Bridge. Uh, additional measures are being uh, contemplated and activated at all border crossings across the country.
3: And. Dominic LeBlanc, a Canadian public safety minister, says security is being tightened as well throughout the country.
1: Any
2: time uh, a piece of infrastructure as important to Canada and the United States, like a border crossing, sees this kind of violent uh, circumstance, it's a source of concern for the government of Canada and for the United States. So we're taking this circumstance
3: very seriously. And in the U.S., FBI is investigating. President Biden has been briefed, he says, in Bloomberg's Kate Hunter says it could become a border issue when Congress gets back in session.
0: Border to the north with Canada, that's always kind of been viewed as, uh, you know, a little bit less risky and hasn't had as much focus on trying to secure that.
3: Yeah, so it's been the southern border now. She says it uh, may go north as well. Now, Buffalo Airport has halted air traffic. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has made her way to the scene. Again, border crossings are closed near Niagara Falls between the U.S. and Canada. Israel's National Security Advisor says ceasefire talks are continuing and that there will not be a hostage release until at least Friday. Meanwhile, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu addressing the nation says, the ceasefire does not mean the war against Hamas is over. Netanyahu here through a translator.
4: The war continues. The war will continue until we achieve all of our goals to eliminate Hamas, to return all our hostages, to ensure that the day after Hamas, Gaza will no longer be a threat to Israel. There will be no element in it that supports terrorism.
3: That's again Netanyahu through a translator. The U.S. is waiting for official confirmation of exactly who the hostages are and when their schedule will be released by Hamas. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. There are nine U.S. citizens and one green card holder who are missing. We don't know for certain that all ten are still alive and and we've been
2: honest about that what we know and what we don't know we know that among those ten Three
3: are women and children, two women, one child. And women and children are those being released, of course. And North Korea's defense ministry has announced a decision to revive all military actions against South Korea and revoke measures to reduce tensions and conflicts in the region, those that were agreed to under the inter-Korean military accord. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter and this is Bloomberg
1: Well, let's get to our guest, Mandeep Singh, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Tech Industry Analyst, joining Paul Allen and myself uh, to take a closer look at OpenAI. Mandeep, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, perhaps you heard me mention uh, uh, the, the, this is a great story for Sam Altman. It seems that he really did want to go back there. It's great for OpenAI, if you look at the response from all those employees, and it appears to be great for Microsoft. I am curious, though, what happens to Emmett Scheer, who, Used to be at Twitch and was holding the CEO position as this happened.
4: Well, I, it looks like uh, you know the employees of OpenAI had no confidence in any decision that the old board of OpenAI made, and since uh, Emmett Shear was appointed by that old board, uh, I guess uh, it's not a surprise that you know. Uh, obviously, he was CEO for a very short time. And uh, we are going back to Sam Altman. But look, I, I mean, given what transpired over the course of the last one week, I don't think it's uh, a win for anyone. I mean, honestly, mm. this was the best outcome for Microsoft, given the situation and they handled it well. But you have to ask yourself, why did it happen in the first place? There isn't a lot of transparency around that. Yes, there will be an independent investigation. But there are still a lot of questions that need to be answered. And uh, I, I think Microsoft definitely will have a bigger say going forward. But uh, probably they will want to build their own LLM and uh, you know not be too dependent on OpenAI for their Azure cloud product or their co-pilots, because uh, tomorrow if something else happens, you know, talent leaving OpenAI, that's a big risk for Microsoft. Yeah, looking back and now seeing how it all ended up, it all just feels so completely unnecessary. And as you say, there's now going to be an investigation. Sam Altman's going to be a part of that. So what do we know so far and what's unanswered that this investigation is going to seek to bring into the light? Well, so clearly, you know, the old board wasn't in sync with Sam Altman's strategy and, you know, there were some safety concerns around generative AI. And look, uh, that's not new. Every company that's building a large language model feels there are guardrails that need to be put in place. In fact, Anthropic was started by ex-OpenAI employees and they have this constitution concept to build those safeguards. So, uh, there is a lot that needs to happen. And I'm interested in how regulators view this because this is not an outright acquisition. At the same time, Microsoft has a bigger say in how OpenAI is run. They're a 49% holder. And uh, I would be curious to really see how regulators view this thing because this is as good as an acquisition, uh, you know, in terms of uh, how my- Microsoft can influence future development within OpenAI. AI.
1: When you see the board as it's newly constituted uh, with Brett Taylor, the former co-CEO of of Salesforce, and Larry Summers uh, on it, how does that sit with you? Does that look like that's an improvement?
4: That is an improvement, but it's just three members. And uh, yes, there is uh, some discussion about expanding the number of board seats. So there will probably be new members in the board. And it will be interesting to see if Microsoft does appoint someone uh, from the company to the board. Uh, But there's no doubt that Microsoft's interests are closely intertwined with uh, open AIs because all their products are built around open AI. And, uh, you know, when you look at other hyperscalers like Amazon, like Google, they have their own LLMs. Yes, they uh, host other LLMs, you know, on their cloud services. But their products are driven by their own LLM. So clearly, Microsoft has taken a different approach with regards to their uh, large language models. And uh, that's why, you know, they had to fix this situation, which I, I think they did quite well. Well, Sam Altman's not on the board, or will he be? I would be very surprised if he's on the board. and And that's another thing, right? So CEO not being on the board. Uh, kind of makes the situation somewhat unstable from Sam Altman's perspective uh, going forward. And clearly, uh, you know, some of the people may end up leaving who didn't like his approach. Uh, So that's a risk, uh, you know, with uh, something like large language models, which is a very competitive space. There are other companies that are trying to improve their models constantly. And if OpenAI doesn't ship their new products, gpt 5, quickly, there is a yep. chance that, you know, someone else will uh, be ahead.
1: Mandeep, could you clear up something for us? Uh, as I understand it, uh, Microsoft did not put the $10 billion into OpenAI. Simply, these are credits for use of Azure and the cloud. Uh, can you explain that to us, how that works?
4: Absolutely. That's a great point. So when Microsoft uh, announced this investment, the intent was... Uh, you know, OpenAI uh, should use Microsoft Azure as the cloud platform to train their large language models. So, in a sense, Microsoft was offering all the GPU capacity. OpenAI was the one training the model. They had all the data, and and uh, that's that was the intent. Now, gradually, yeah. they standardize everything on uh, you know OpenAI, their search and copilots. Yeah.
1: Mandeep, thanks so much. Very, uh, very nice to have you on the program. Mandeep Singh, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Tech Industry Analyst, with us live. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street.
2: Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify,
1: and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco.
2: Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130.
1: Plus, listen coast-to-coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com.
2: I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.